<laughs> oh, turn it up. Here we go. Up here with your crew, winning all some view. Everything that love stack right in front of you. Got your icon pass, powder slashing. 50 plus destinations. Speaking of, did you get your icon pass yet, Sean? I'm on iconpass.com dropping in right now. Wow. From just $2.59 adult, everyone knows you get the best price in the spring. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Okay, done. So pass the good stuff. Yeah, it's the good stuff. I was given a piece of advice a few years ago when I first went into ministry by my sister's father-in-law. He is a self-appointed bishop in the Pentecostal church. He told me this, preach the gospel, preach Jesus, stay away from sermons about politics, sex, and money. People don't want to hear about that stuff in church. And it sounds like really good advice when you think about it. I mean, nothing kills a conversation more than injecting politics into it. Living where we live, we know that better than most people. I get the feeling that most of you want to hear a sermon from me about sex as much as I want to preach a sermon about sex to you this morning. And when it comes to money, we traditionally reserve those sermons. We traditionally keep those sermons for an annual stewardship campaign where the sermon serves two functions, preaching the Bible and Jesus, but then at the same time convincing you to make a financial commitment to the church for another year. It's like a public radio fundraiser without the different giving level perks. The problem with the unsolicited advice that I received when I first entered ministry is that Jesus talks about all three of those no-go sermon topics throughout his ministry. Jesus was preaching about politics. He even used political theater throughout his ministry. He told a woman caught in the act of adultery to go and sin no more, turning an incident of infidelity into an invitation to step into God's grace. And then there's our gospel reading this morning, where Jesus addresses money. More specifically, the faithful and responsible use of money and earning it. The problem with talking about earning money in church is that more often than not, the conversations end with confusion. We're not sure if it's okay, biblically speaking, to earn money. And our gospel reading this morning that Debbie read for us doesn't exactly make things any clearer. I read eight different commentaries this week preparing for this sermon. Yes, you should all be impressed by that. But every commentary opened with a disclaimer, acknowledging that Luke 16, 1 through 13, is the most confusing parable that Jesus told his disciples. But to be fair to Jesus, money is confusing. Well, at least to most of us who don't have a degree in finance, accounting, or economics. But the way that we earn money has not changed much since Jesus' ministry. We go to work. There is an exchange between us and our employer. We work in exchange for cash money. And then we go home to our families. And the way that money impacts us, our families, our friends, and people that we will never meet hasn't changed much either. These impacts are spiritual as well as physical. Money is often referred to as the root of all evil. 
John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, noted that money was the grand corrupter, the bane of virtue, and the pest of human society. Yet in sermon number 50 of Wesley's, which is titled On the Use of Money, Wesley wrote that money itself is not profane or evil. So while being a grand corrupter, bane of virtue, and pest of human society, money can be used for good purposes. Sermon number 50 was written as a response to wealth finally making its way into the lower economic social classes in England during the 1700s. Wesley wasn't explaining macroeconomics, money management, or investing. Instead, Wesley was addressing the right use of money to people who previously had very little of it. He went so far as to say that the right use of money was an excellent branch of Christian wisdom. Now, I said that our gospel reading is one of the most confusing parables that Jesus told his disciples, and it is. It's a I gotcha story that doesn't end with the ending we expect it to end with, which makes it all the more confusing. The story jolts our ethical sensibilities and leaves many of us scratching our heads. The manager's performer was inadequate. The writing was on the wall, and the manager knew it. To ensure his own protection, favors were made to those who owed money to the master. The thinking on the part of the manager was, I'll scratch your back so that when I get canned by the boss, I'll have something to fall back to. It sounds like something that could happen today. These financial dealings were not done to defraud the master. Otherwise, the manager would have just kept the money for himself. Instead, these financial dealings were done to secure the future of the master. When the master finds out what had happened, he praised the manager for his cleverness. And that's when I start scratching my head. And Wesley used this plot line to highlight that money is when it money can be used for good and useful purposes. Money itself alone isn't a corrupter. Rather, the way we earn and manage our money is what becomes corrupt and evil. Money is used for all sorts of useful things. Feeding our families and feeding our guests at community assistance. Money buys the too many cups of coffee that I drink on Sunday mornings, while at the same time sending youth on mission trips during the summer. Money provides opportunities for us to travel and see the world, while at the same time providing resources to care for some of the most vulnerable people around the world. Money itself is not evil. When we look at how it's used, money appears quite useful. Now, you might be wondering what all of this has to do with church, with you all, with your bulletin cover this morning, and I'm glad you're thinking that right now. When we look at money as being good and useful, I love hearing those bulletins turn right now. Wesley's sermon number 50 frames all of this as earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Earn, save, give. Over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at the Bible, and we'll be looking at money without the sales pitch at the end. This week, we're focusing on earn all you can, and Wesley, like a good preacher, provides a three-point framework for earning money in this life. 
Earn all you can by honest industry and use all possible diligence in your calling. Honest industry sounds like just what it is. Earn money honestly and not through corrupt means. Earn by following your calling. Each and every one of us is called to something. It's not just clergy who are called by God in this life. Earning money is great, but Wesley is suggesting that earning money must be part of you living into God's purpose or purposes for your life. When we seek our work as a calling, it, per, it puts earn all you can into a different context from just earning money for the sake of growing our portfolio. Number two, gain all you can by common sense, constantly learning from your own experience as well as the experience of others. You should continually learn from the experience of others or from your own experience, Wesley wrote, to do everything you have to do to make today better than it yesterday was. Author and pastor James Harnish wrote that wise people gain wisdom from others. Whether it's earning all of the money you can or just simply going through life, wise people quickly realize that they cannot do it on their own. Point number three. Earn all you can without paying more than it's worth. Wesley wasn't talking about a price tag on an item that's sitting on a shelf. Wesley was writing that we should not sacrifice ourselves for the sake of earning all that we can. When was the last time you took a Sabbath, a day of rest? Now I know some of you are thinking, I have kids. I'll take a break in 15 years. I'm in the same boat. I get it. But working at your own expense leads to three things, burnout, resentment, and conflict. Do not sacrifice your soul for the sake of money. We all have principles, and we all know what is right and what is wrong. Is the way that you earn money in line with those principles? Do not sacrifice others to make a profit. Do not sacrifice their economic status their health, or their overall well-being for the sake of your own gain. How we earn money is a clear indicator of our priorities. We might speak out in favor of honest, hard work that others should be doing. But are we following the same prescription in our own life, in our own businesses? We can earn money by following the footsteps of someone else. But at some point, we have to begin to live into the calling God has placed on each of our lives. And that calling will look different than what your mentor has been called to do. And people like me can preach about Sabbath and ethical practices. But if we're not observing them ourselves, our true commitments become more and more apparent. The shrewd manager was not commended by Jesus for his actions. Instead, his actions gave light to the connection between earning money and our relationships with one another. Earning money, all of the money that we can in our economic status are not peripheral to the kingdom of God. That mindset ignores the warning that Jesus gave us about serving God and serving wealth. Because of this warning, 
Earning all you can becomes a matter of faith as money and wealth become spiritual practices that cannot be separated from the new life that we find in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.